episode number 100, everybody. That's what we're here to do with Kyle Starks right here on the Capes and Tights podcast at capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderbergh. Kyle is the writer of books like Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, Rick and Morty, I Hate This Place, and Where Monsters Lie, and the upcoming DC Black Label book, Peacemaker Tries Hard. We talked a bunch of different things, including a lot of I Hate This Place, Where Monsters Lie, and we touched on Peacemaker. We also chatted a little bit of basketball towards the end, so if anybody doesn't want that, you can fast forward through that, but we enjoy talking basketball here as well as Kyle does as, as well. So enjoy episode number 100 right here on the Capes and Tights podcast, and thank you everybody for listening, supporting, and subscribing to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Five-star reviews would be welcome. Let's follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But episode 100 right here with Kyle Starks, comic book writer and artist. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle Starks. How are you? Hey, man. I'm, I'm really good. Thanks for having me. We're very, very excited to, to be here and talk about some comic books. Yeah. Uh, first of all, how's how's life right now? Have you been to conventions lately, or what are, you, what are you doing right now, other than writing, creating? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of writing. Uh, I just did three conventions in a row in March, uh, and I'm doing two little ones this month, um, like two little regional shows this month. And then I think I'm off until June, and then it's back to like nonstop insanity. But we're busy. I'm the busiest I've probably ever been. I think uh, as of tomorrow, I'll be the busiest I've ever been. I think that's true. Doesn't it feel good. like be busier busy. though for a lot of us? Like because we didn't do sh- like shit for like two years or like whatever. That everything it doesn't matter what we do. It feels like we're way busier than we actually are anyway. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I also like my daughters have became teenagers since the pandemic, and it just feels like emotionally I have a lot <laughs> going on, and and also business wise I have a lot going on. Uh, and usually I kind of time, I kind of time projects in a way where I'm not sort of not overrun, but usually mm-hmm. I, I try to keep it at like two books at a time and maybe like a book I'm working on that I'm writing and drawing and it's about to be crazy, I think. So, but it's good. It's what we want. Like that's what we aspire for. I think, I think that's what we aspire for. Um, I think we want to be well sold, maybe not very busy, but I, I'll take very busy in lieu of well sold. So <laughs> Well, how did I mean? So, so Kyle, how did you get started into collecting? Like, I, I'm guessing you've been a comic book fan your entire life, or at least most of your life. How did you get into like wanting to be a collector or a reader of comic books in the first place? Yeah, it's funny. Um, and I'd say like most of my life, I took a long break in the middle actually, but I don't know. I don't know when I actually started, um, like owning comics or reading comics. I always remember doing it. Um, I think my uncle is to blame for that. His name's Tony Starks. He actually, he actually used to write for some of the like comic buyers guide. He had like a, okay. a, a monthly, uh, uh, I say strip. That's how they're called when you write them article. Yes. Uh, I think for comic buyers guide. So he, he has always had like the side hustle of silver age and golden age comics. And I have to assume somehow he got me and my brother into comics because I've always had a pool list. It was always sort of like, if you do all your chores, like you can have this brown paper bag full of comics. Um, and I always joke, like, it, I, I only had the worst, I, I had the worst ones. I don't know, like, how I kept reading comics, but I had, like, the worst version of all the sort of most basic vanilla comics. Um, like, the I read, I had Hulk, but it was the Hulk where he's in the Crossroads dimension, which is, like, these weird sci-fi stories. Like, they're not even Hulk superhero stories. 
And uh, I had Justice League, but it was Justice League Detroit. And I look back, it's like, I was like, oh, man, that's probably why I'm the way I am. Uh, me and my brother both started working at the comic book shop when we were 14. The comic book shop also was a video rental store and it used music and used books and baseball cards and pornography. And it was like this just being inundated with pop culture. Um, and I did that until I was it went up to college, uh, which was the mid-90s. I stand by that the mid-90s were just a terrible time for comics. Everything was very grimdark and... It wasn't any fun. Like there was, I mean, there's exceptions and there were bright exceptions, but so I, I got out of comics. I was going to go be a fine artist. Um, I very quickly learned like, that's not realistic. <laughs> like I had a better chance of making the NBA than I did of being like a professional fine artist. So I got out of comics for a really long time in terms of like sort of keeping up with and reading. Um, I mean, maybe 10 years, maybe longer. I know when I came back, I was, I was like, what, we don't like John Byrne anymore. It was all very <laughs> shocking to me, but so it was, but yeah, I, mean, I, I never sort of gave up my sort of, you know, that I love the media. And so when I, I uh, this is my origin story, my short version, because I tell it all the time. But when I was about to have my second kid, I made a list of things I never did or mm -hmm. never completed. And the first thing was like, finish a comic book. I, I bet you I had drawn 18 pages of a 20 page comic. I bet I had drawn like 20 pages. I just never finished them. Um, and I got distracted by life. You know, I, I had the union jobs and um, I made a comic. I, I tricked myself into making a comic every week that I didn't advertise. And I just fell in love with it. I really just fell in love with it. So I got back into comics pretty hard. Um, and for sure, I, I know, it, I know like there were certain things that were like, Hey, you should check this out that happened around the same time. I'm pretty sure I read like Jason's, you know, I killed Hitler or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of his books. And I was like, Holy shit, like comics can be anything. Cause I think the thing that always held me back is that I was like, well, I can't draw like Jim Lee. I can't draw like Rob Lee. I can't even draw like Rob Liefeld. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so seeing some sort of indie stuff and my, we were way into sort of like the hate uh, uh, eight ball type stuff. So I, to me, that was like very indie, but it wasn't a way you could tell like a math story. So, so yeah, I'm kind of, and I'm now I'm back in, obviously, like I'm, I'm trying not to fill up space, but I'm, I'm sort of getting, I'm getting old runs that I never completed uh, or that I lost through time um, that no one wants. No one wants the things that I want. So uh, I'm doing more collecting now, probably than I even what than I have in 15 years for sure. I, I I'm far beyond what I should possibly collect right now at this point too. My wife's like, "Where are you going to put all this shit? Like, I, you have no room for stuff." Because I've also found myself falling into a category of I would like say I didn't mean like I I was previewing or, or Dark Horse sends me where monsters lie or whatever a PDF of it, and I feel like okay, I I read it, it's great, it's awesome. I should probably order this for myself too and get a copy, even if I didn't like it. I just feel like I, like, oh. I feel like I, I, I need a copy because I read it and I have an investment into it. And then so I'm like now I'm like I have the number like I have the most num issue number ones that I've ever had in my oh, entire sure. life. <laughs> just because yeah. I'm like I don't know like, why did I buy this in the first place? I'm not going to buy issue two. This is, the yeah. book's not that you, great or whatever. You interviewed somebody, yeah, you interviewed somebody, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, sure. like, oh, we appreciate we appreciate it. We appreciate it. So, but then there's other ones where I'm like, okay, I mean, I love where monsters lie, but don't get me wrong. But I'm saying like, it's only four issues too. So like, I found myself okay, okay, I can buy four issues. It's not like I can't. Yeah. I'm not. I can four issues is not hard to commit to. It's not like a a huge thing. But like, yeah, it, it's kind of funny uh, how I like have felt like I was given the copy free to preview. In a PDF, so I feel obligated to buy it too. <laughs> well, like but, I said, the, all the creators you've interviewed appreciate it. So, <laughs> I mean, there and, and a lot of them. I I am lucky enough that you know, uh, you know, I, I'm similar to uh, you know David Harper over at Off Panel. He only interviews people he wants to talk to. 
right? He's not like he's yes. talking. No, no one above him is telling him, hey, you need to talk to Kyle Starks because he's got a book coming out and so on and so forth. Like, Gabe's only going to talk to people he wants to talk to. The same thing here. I'm only going to talk to yeah, people I, I want it. to talk to. And so, like, luckily enough that the people who were on the podcast, I like their work. So it's, like, not hard to co- collect their comic books and read their yeah. comic books. But, yeah, so, we you know. We like to hear it. We like to hear it. And it starts with, like, you know, I hate this place. I think it's the first I've actually heard of Kyle Starks. So that's that's a that's a, 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 a honest opinion here. So that's that's a good and bad thing, I think, because I I think no, starting no. with a, I hate this place is a good starting point for for a Kyle Starks fan, right? I think it's an interesting starting place, but I accept <laughs> it as a good starting place. I've had a lot of people because you know Peacemaker got announced. Yeah, um, it's coming out May second, and I just did an interview with someone, and they're like, they said they're like, oh, you know, you're a hot up and comer, and uh, I was like. And then they're like, I know that's probably an insult. You've probably been doing this for a while. And I'm like, man, it's not an insult. Like, we're just happy to be here. Like, I know, I know what my prior book sold, you know, like I know yeah. how many people read them. Uh, I hate this place. I'm extremely proud of that book. I don't know if it's the truest, like, this is what Kyle Starks is yeah. because it's kind of my most serious book. Um, I think Where Monsters Lie, I'd be like that. If you're coming in post, I hate this place. Where monsters lie is probably if you like if you like that you're like oh my stuff. but I think that's true if I hate this place too I think if you like that then you see that I have a I have a specific voice and mm-hmm. I have a specific type of story not a specific type of story but there's a sort of themes there's themes I'm really fixated on um, and those run through all of my books um, so it's like I take it it's, it's interesting because you know where monsters lie has sold out it, mm-hmm. issue one sold out issue two sold out and I've had a lot of sort of internal discussions with you know my people I don't have people. But with like myself and some retailers I like, it was like, I want, like, how much did I hate this place cause, cause that sellout? Mm-hmm. Because would it have sold out before I hate this place? I don't think it would it have sold out before Peacemaker was announced. It did. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to be like, you know, like what, what book matters sort of the most is I do sort of like, I do sort of like uh, the, 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 the mathematic formula runs across my face, like the meme or whatever. Um, so I'll take it, man. I mean, it's my best selling book for sure. I love that book. I love those characters. Um, whatever I think, and I believe this firmly. <laughs> I say that I say that with doubt, but I mean, I think if anyone reads any of my books to date and they like it, they'll like any of my books. I think yeah. that's a hundred percent true. So I always hope when we did, I did assassination with Erica Henderson years ago, and I thought this will be the book that gets people to read the books that I made before: Sex Castle, Kill mm-hmm. Them All, Rock Candy Mountain. Two of those were Eisner nominated. No humble brag thrown in there. <laughs> um, and it really didn't. Amazingly, it really didn't. Because I thought, oh, Erica's readers will come. All the Squirrel Girl readers, readers will come. And it'll be really good for me, sort of. Because that's all I want. I didn't make any of these books not to be read, right? That's all I care about. I just want everything to be read. And I, I, I'm i such a guy, like, if I find a, a movie I like, I'll, I'll look at the director. I'll look at the writer. I'll watch another thing by those guys. And if I like mm-hmm. either one, then I watch it. You know what I mean? That's how I consume things. And I don't think everybody does, but that's always my hope that someone's gonna be like, oh, I really like, I hate this place. We should check out something else. And they do. And if they like it, they'll like everything. I really, I, I firmly believe that. Um, no eggs. I've made no eggs yet. No trash yet. Uh, doing the best. I, I, there's, some, there's some exceptions. Like I, I don't expect everyone to be a Rick and Morty fan. And I don't think everyone's an Alpha Betas fan. Um, those are very much licensed books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm not like that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for anyone. That's such a long way to go to being like, yeah. I basically, this guy's like, oh, you're an up and comer, and I'm like, thank goodness. You know what I mean? Like, thank goodness, I'm finally coming. Uh, I'm because I'm doing the best. I, I do. No, it didn't take that. No, it really didn't. I, I started <laughs> yeah. professionally six years ago, right? Yeah. Professionally, 
just six years ago and no one was reading me that's the year i think i started on rick and six years ago which is nothing and i'm 46 now so that's a that's some sort of inspirational something to somebody he, he didn't get started till he was so old um well, well it's true no, though. Man, i mean i'm 37 so it's like if uh, you know i'll be 37 in may but like if i wanted to start doing something as well i, I can't i can't imagine like it's not like again, like you mentioned about making the NBA earlier. Like there's no way you that. and I are making the NBA right now. Like there's no, no. way. There's a zero percent chance. Like there's not even a, like a point point zero zero. You know, there's a zero percent chance that you and I are making the NBA right now. But there is a at least small percentage of something that I could do any like anything in the comic book industry. Yeah. Right? Well, you Letter, can always make something cool. Art, you, you can know, make yes. something cool at any age. That's really like you can do something cool. Um, it just varies. You have to have a certain degree of standards for what's successful. I think. But anyway, yeah, that guy said it. You just said, I'll take it, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll take it. I, I'm I'm happy to be here. That's my answer every time. And <laughs> if I'm up and coming, I think I do feel like somehow I'm doing my best work, you know, now. Yeah, you can be up and coming if you're just, you were there, but then you're getting further up that thing. So doing. you're up and coming anywhere. I mean, it's not like you're Dude, up I'm and so, coming. I'm we so just mentioned it. James Tiny in the fourth. Like, it's not, he's not up and coming, but I mean, as he grows. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's on a skyrocket. Some people are on a on an upward arc, uh, and get they've earned it. Good for them. Great for them. The rest of us have to have to sort of scratch and claw at it. So, but I, so okay. I think that's, I, you you've been known as like a comedy writer, and is a comedy is a bad word in a sense because it of the is fact a that bad it doesn't. Word. I'm not a huge comedy comic book fan, but there is some that may, that strike a chord with me. But like, I've always equated, and it's a weird thing. I'm a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, and. One of the things I've always respected and my wife actually respects, she's not a comic book person at all, but she loves the MCU is because there's always tension breaking comedy that, yeah, I'm not that I always joke. Yeah. I always joke that someone farts at a funeral or tells a joke at a funeral or something along those lines. Cause it's not always dark dream, grim, yeah. dreary stuff. So like, even, and I hate this place where they're like, I hate this place where they're getting like attacked at each end in every way there's still jokes and comedy in it where it lightens the mood a little bit. So you're not like we're in escapism here. We were reading comic books to get away from the world we're living right now. So like, not, we don't always do that, but like some people do that. And, no, and, yeah. And, I mean, and having that small amount of comedy in there is a great thing. It's one of those things. It's, it's, it's so I, I, again, this is stories I tell a lot, but you know, comedy is really sort of a bad word and especially big two direct market stuff. Like if you're a direct market reader, because you've been burned by it so many times, like I get it. Comedy is very subjective, but when comedy is done well, and I always say, I think Chip, Chip Zdarsky, Mark Russell, uh, Ryan Brown, uh, there are some guys who do it consistently that you we get that comedy is for everybody and people mm -hmm. who have different sort of grades for what comedy is. But as I say that, I push it all aside. I wish that none of my stuff was ever pitched as comedy because I think like anything that's good to me, to me, things that anything that's good has everything in it. It has drama, it has suspense, it makes you cry, it upsets you. And I think for the most part, that's there's some stuff that is like probably pure comedy. Sex Castle, I think of. But also Sex Castle is about like personal responsibility mm -hmm. and the effects of parents on their children. Um, you know, things like, it's like it's, there's a lot more going on than just uh, me kind of goofing on on genre stuff. So I think I also like the thing I say is like, if I was like, hey man, what's the, if I had, what's your, what's the funniest scene in a movie? I'd be like, I don't know, probably something from like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he does some shitty pun. Because to me, that's really funny, but no one goes, well, that's a comedy movie. And I always think like that's, it's funny. And, and, and again, I'm sort of tangenting around, but uh, when, when I Hate This Place came out, so many people were like, oh, it's really funny. I was like, oh, I didn't intend, I didn't intend for it to be funny at all. <laughs> I just want to make, I just want to make charming, likable characters. And I think I do that through 
humor because in real life, the people I like are the ones who amuse me and entertain me. Um, and so like things that things that some because of that and because of just sort of my how I do things, my voices, I think it's always going to slide in there. And I was very resistant to it during the pandemic, which is when I did. I hate this place because I want more readers. Like I said, I, I'm not making these things for the void. I want I want mm -hmm. them to be consumed. And and several editors and a couple of publishers were like, don't do comedy like comedies. Um, and I've been given that advice again recently. And I think it's true. I think there's truth to it. But, you know, at the point where that was happening was during the pandemic when I was like, I'm not going to do comedy for a while. I'm going to really step away from it. Though I think it will always be a little comedic because yeah. of just, I can't help myself, I guess. Um, but the pandemic was so bad. I was like, I was like, you know what? If my legacy is I make only a small number of people like 45 minutes of joy in their lives, I think it's pretty good. Um, and then Peacemaker came along and obviously that's humorous. And it's just like, well, I guess like I'm sort of being guided in a certain way, but I, I, I do want to like, I have two books coming out. I have two books I'm, I've, I've had pitches approved for, I should yeah. say, that are less humorous um, and not humorous. To me, they're not humorous. And and I kind of want to be able to show, like, I can do more than just sort of humor books, which I don't think they're humor books. Like, I, I really, Peacemaker is a big, dumb, fun book. Like, is it funny? It's like, sure, but it'd be, it's big, dumb, and fun, period, to me personally. Yeah. I, but it also, IP is a little bit easier what? to sell as comedy sure. than it is than your own career own stuff. Sure. Uh, Rare Monsters Live, like that first issue, is definitely humorous, no question. But the issue four, not at all. Well, I'd say not at all. There's probably some stuff in there. But it's like, that's just how, I think it's just how I've learned to sort of engage people to like these characters. Because I think people, the most important thing you can do sort of with your creator on first issue stuff is make characters that people want to spend time with. Mm -hmm. Whether they like them or not, but they you can hate someone and want to spend more time with them. And I think like to to make them engaging, like I I just they're just charming. And to me, my my version of charm is I guess funny too. Uh, I know Dante Howitzer, and I hate this thing where like he's so funny, and I'm like really like that's interesting to me. Um, I guess he's kind of funny, but I don't think he's as funny as you. maybe it's just because like you guys haven't read a lot of very good funny books. But he seems like he's a great character. Don't get me wrong, I love Dante Howitzer. He's likable in that sense. Like so, I don't know if like, people are associating funniness with likable likability yeah. or or. Yeah, but he's yeah, likable, and then and so yeah. they, it's it's funny because if you were explain I hate this place to someone just in a, in a in a you know small thing, it would be like you have your zombies, your ghosts, your monsters, you know the 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 couple itself having them be women, mixed race, gay, like that whole mm -hmm. thing is like that's not funny. None of that's funny. Like none no. of that's funny at all. And then you have to but you have to lighten it somehow because I I wouldn't want to read a book that's literally just that stuff. Because it's just so it would be just so depressing in that sense yeah. that the small little jokes in here and lines of humor just break that tension a little bit that make you go, I, I want to read the next issue. First of all, before I go any further, I just read seven and I am pissed that I don't have eight yet. This is the first time yeah. in a long time that I've had that much that that much excitement at the end of an issue where I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Where is issue eight? And I said, there's a bigger cliffhanger than the end of your first volume. I'm yeah. like, this is, this is. I'm trying. I'm trying to drop these cliffhangers, man. You know, it's before the. It's funny. Before I did, I hate this place. Um, Chris Schweitzer, who's sort of my virtual studio mate, and he he yeah. drew up Mars Attacks. He drew Six Sidekicks. He was like, man, your endings aren't very good. Um, like your issue endings aren't very good. And I'm like, what do you? I'm like, what do you? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're okay. And he's like, at the end of your issues, a character always says just what's going to happen in the next issue. And I'm like, yeah, I want them to have like, I want them to have anticipation mm -hmm. for the next issue. And he's like, no, no, you sh you shouldn't tell them why they should get the next issue. You should give them a reason to want the next issue. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm in my head. I'm like, no, but that's what I'm doing. I'm telling them why they want the next issue, right? Um, and so, but I took that to heart. So like, 
I think you'll see if you it might, I'm really taking the end of issues very seriously. Uh, I'm so proud of issue seven. I thought, man, I want to hear all over the internet. People are going to be like, uh, and I'm like, I haven't, but hopefully maybe at these shows, they'll be like, oh, you, this happened. And then I'm like, yeah, it's, listen, the last three issues of this book are buck wild. Like they're buck wild, buck wild things are happening. And my sincere hope is um, I don't ruin all the goodwill with this crazy <laughs> ending um, for I hate this place. I hope I don't blow all the goodwill I got from the first, you know, seven issues on the last three. I mean, it'd be hard to. I mean, I was, yeah, you're fine. It, 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 okay. Yeah. The, the, yeah, it was just crazy. I was like, you know what? I, I don't think that I've had that much. Like, and I'm just glad there is more issues. Like, I, I would be pissed if you're like, you didn't know if there's going to be another issue because I'd be like, holy shit, this would, I would, it would be so pissed off that there wasn't any more. But I love it because yeah. it was almost, it, it was, it was surprising to me. And that's the other thing. It wasn't just a yeah. cliffhanger in a sense. There was also a twist in it that made me go, oh, holy shit. There's more to this than they're just yeah. what we see. Everyone I didn't think there could seven. be any more than that. <laughs> no, there's, you know, I, it, it's funny you say that because I remember a review for issue one, um, which was all glowing. They're all like, I'm again so lucky. But someone was like, well, what, what else can, what else can Starks throw? And I'm like, like, I'm like, that's, I haven't done any of it. Like, that's so little to me. That's an issue. One. I'm like, I know there's a lot happening, but that's like the bare minimum. Cause I could have, I, I could have sincerely done this book for 50 issues mm -hmm. I, I the sandbox that it is because it's basically a ranch where everything bad's there there's supernatural stuff there's monsters there's i could do whatever i could do any genre of horror i wanted mm -hmm. um and like i i do home invasion for the beginning of the second arc um there's a slasher in the first one humor slasher the worst kind of slasher human slasher um i could have done any genre i wanted to and even at one point the artist was like we could have done Dracula's. I'm like, yeah, we, we could have done anything. Like, like I, that's the great thing about Rutherford Ranch is that I could have told any type of horror story I wanted. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't, I, I have not, and will not get to tell many of them that I would have liked to, but I, I got to do the beginning and end that I wanted to do for that book. And I got to tell the story that I wanted to tell for Gabby and Trudy. And I'm, most people don't get that. I'm lucky I got to, to sell, to tell the exact story I wanted if not maybe, you know, 10 issues fewer than mm -hmm. I would have liked or 20 or 30 or whatever. And so you're obviously at 10, you're doing 10 issues. Is, is Are you all done? Are you written it all up? It's all done? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we're just waiting on, just waiting on Artyom now. Okay. Seems, hey, hurry up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but it's just, well, there's so much. One month at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not like he has to hurry up yeah. that much because obviously the yeah. next issue doesn't, issue eight doesn't hit till May 3rd anyway. But um. We, the, oh the, the right around the court. That's the same week Peacemaker comes. Out. I'm gonna have three. Wait, books. hold on. You have three books coming out that week: May second, May third, May third. It'll be triple Kyle Wednesday. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, if you're a big Kyle fan, that see, that's the I, I oh talked to Cullen God. Bunn, and Cullen Bunn was like, he's like, I lost, I stopped trying to coordinate that because he has so many books out. He was like, yeah. I just, I basically didn't want you to have to go to the new com like new comic book day and be like, okay, I'm really a big Colin fan, Bun fan. I have to buy six comic books from him today. So he's like, I'm going to try my best to spread it out. But sometimes stuff like this happens, whether it's print delays or, 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 yeah. or just scheduling I, issues or whatever. I kind of like it um, because really there's only, you only need to go to the comic shop once that month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I really, I've really made, I've really made it more efficient. Uh, that's also, that's also free comic book day week. Yep. So the new Guardians of the Galaxy is out that week. Great. It'll be a hot <laughs> one for me. It'll be a hot <laughs> one for me. Ugh. It's our Star Wars week here at the podcast. So look at that. It's a big week. Oh. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's May 4th, right? That's yeah. That, that's that Friday. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. We have oh a bunch God. of stuff going on. But yeah, so I didn't realize it, I didn't realize all three were dropping on the same day. I don't know why I didn't know that. I thought we're Monsters Light ended the month before. Yeah. No, it's May 3rd. I looked it up earlier. May 3rd for issue 8. May 3rd for issue 4. And then obviously May 2nd because DC is fun and they do that whole like day before ruining our new comic book day. (laughs) I'm not going to go on my tangent about that. But but I hate this place. It's such a big hanger. Let's care if anybody ever if Re has read it to this point or haven't read issue seven. It is, I think, one of the better issues of it, which is random oh, to have issue seven be, be one of the best issues in the in the series so well, far. But like, really, really, I don't know why I say seven. Yes, nine and ten are kind of to me like one issue. I think okay. it still splits pretty well, but I, nine and ten is sort of like to me one issue. But yeah, it's weird seven. But seven, this if I would have done fifteen issues, yeah. This would have been the end for this home, like the home invasion arc would have been one issue longer, right? Yeah. Um, this would have been the end to that home invasion arc, which would have been one issue longer. Um, but that's all what if. I'm really pleased with it. I I was like, people are gonna go crazy when they see the end of issue seven, and you know, clearly you did. So that's all I really need. I think other people did too, but you know, people just aren't vocal about spoil. I understand that you don't do spoilers or whatever. You don't do spoilers, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's one of those things. Like, I, there's a couple of things I want to say right now, even that I like related yeah. to something else, but I can't. And actually, related to something else, it's in an issue that I might I might say to you once we press stop on recording because oh, yeah, there's sure, just sure. this one thing that I was like, it kind of it's kind of funny. It has to do with like the the your uh, list of in the woods horror movies that's at the end of one of the one of the issues and there's a movie in there that relates to me it makes me think of issue seven but one of the things i will say is i give you respect on the village i like the village okay I like the village. well you wrote a little quotations just next to it saying you know don't I hate know. me or something like that I, yeah. but i like <laughs> the, the village so. and i love I the, the jurassic park reference i think i've heard it multiple times from multiple people but my wife and i there's a musical group called the string quartet vitamin string quartet and they do like violin songs of like famous songs and other All people's right. songs and our walk down the aisle song at our wedding was the jurassic park theme song with sure. by violins so yeah. jurassic park has always got that and that, that that line in there about like this is like my you know when he sees the dinosaurs for the first yeah. time this is what it's like to me great line yeah good one good one dante <laughs> Good Dante Howard's line. <laughs> yeah, see, and he's likable. There you go. And maybe, maybe people likeable. think that's a joke. Maybe that's what you know. They maybe maybe they, they think it's that's comedy like, in it. Yeah, they do. And there's little like I think RDM drew him with like the tiniest shotgun like you could have. There's little things you go. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm it surprised is that this is this is RDM's first Basically, big book. Yes, like it's I, the the yeah the book is amazingly art art and it's amazing. And I just feel like it, 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 he's got a future. He's up and coming. <laughs> yeah i think i think he he's also young so he is literally up and coming uh but yeah it's his first i mean it's his first for sure ongoing like multiple issue thing mm-hmm. i don't think even in russia he was doing mul- i think he has some like single issue stuff but i don't think he's done any arcs at all so yeah we were lucky with artyom he, he's done good work in lee obviously lee's a hall of famer mm-hmm. when it comes to color so they brought yeah, a really nice unique aesthetic to the book and God knows, I appreciate it. So, and obviously, there's the whole conversation between uh, I hate this place versus fuck this place, but we don't have to get into that too because I feel like it's talked enough times. But I do like the actual font and design of the words at the top. I think I, it's attractive I, enough and, and clean enough. I should be able to say who did that design. It's the Skybound in-house guy, and he's great. And I can't think of his name, and I'm very sorry. They're very good. They always do great work. They all of our uh, he they did all of our stuff. So good stuff. Skybound. Yeah, we we want to call it, we want to call it F this place very badly, and uh, I broke I broke Skybound down into accepting that. I was like, this is the best. This is the tone for the book that I want, 
And then like, okay, well, we tried to like we tried to come up with I'm like, this is the one. Like, okay, we're with you. We're on your back. And literally, the moment like we're sending it in, we're submitting it. Um, I immediately we all immediately got an email back from Eric Stevenson. They're like, retailers hate this, and we're like, okay, we'll change it. Like that's all I need to hear. Like I didn't even think about it being on shelves. I just thought about this is the title that to me is what I would say if I was yeah. in a horror movie. Uh, and I Which they do like, say it. They, well, yeah, they, say, it they say it in the first issue. It's, it, it, they, it's say it, they, they say it in, in every one of the first five issues. No, and then, see uh, Gabby, Gabby at the end says, I hate this place. So she says the other title. Um, I tried to keep that on going, but I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens in the second arc. Um, it's not every issue. Like I was kind of planning on doing like a, a sort of Gru, a Sergio Aragones Gru joke, you know, uh, <laughs> in my horror book, in my horror book. Uh, Andreas Juarez is the uh, Skybound oh, yeah. designer of the logo, so I found yeah. that in the yeah, yeah they're great. They, and I and I'm pretty sure they do all that back matter design stuff for us too. Um, I'm pretty. Well, sure. I think it's a big I'm thing. Not... I, I'm a I'm a, dra- a creative director by trade, so I I do design work and graphic design. So I've always appreciated that stuff. But I've also seen this in the relation to uh, having conversations with um, like Boom, uh, people who have published books with Boom. And some of the other co- publishers where there's an in-house person helping with that, I think it's gone a long ways. And I feel like the the, the way that the trade dress and everything looks uh, helps the book look even better. It's the same thing I see sometimes with us. I work for a beer company. And, and when you have an in-house designer working on your design stuff, there's just something other polished about it that yeah, you don't get if you, if you bring in someone else to do it from yeah. some other project. Too. I think yeah. that's true. I, I think everyone's trying a lot harder now too. Like as we mm-hmm. get farther away, deeper into the new millennium i feel like there's a there's a point in time there when you kind of want everything to look you know it seemed like the industry mm-hmm. wanted everything to look very uniform but um now they're doing all like the back cover for all those books like is uh is like uh gabby being touched by the ghost yeah. and that who is different colors like yeah. that's sort of like you're like let's do this thing that makes it interesting it's like um wasn't really going on you know three or four years ago I just think people people are trying like it matters. And it's funny, it doesn't matter to me so much. I do think it's always nice. But the aforementioned Chris Schweitzer takes all that stuff very seriously. He's like, no, the book is a work of art. And to me, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's just a story. Like it's just meant to entertain. Um, but I have a great appreciation for those efforts for sure. Because I see it and I go, Oh yeah, this looks way nicer than it could have if I did it, it wouldn't look this mm-hmm. good for sure. Because I'm a <laughs> moron. So <laughs> Well, the book's written really well, so that all that, that's all that matters on your end. Just keep that's keep right. writing well, and that's what matters. And partnering Good yourself up with other people that can do stuff—that's the best thing you can do. Like it's 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 growth. It's a, it's growth as a person to have a team of people make these books I look think, good. I think it's a matter of like knowing knowing your weaknesses. And I've never been. <laughs> I I went to when I went to school to be a fine artist. I was like, I'm never. This is never going to work out. And I took a I took a year of graphic design courses so I could be a graphic designer to have a job. And I ended up not even ever doing it. I did pre-press work. I did production art instead, mm-hmm. which is graphic design without clients, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never even did any of that graphic design. So I'm not good at design. I'm not good at splash pages. I'm not good at Euro shots. I'm not great at color. Like you have to, if you know your shortcomings, then at least you know how to sort of optimize the book. So whenever I work with Schweitzer and he's like, oh, I'm like, just whatever you want, man. Like I, whatever <laughs> you want, you know, I don't know. Like I could suggest things, but why would I? I don't know. <laughs> I try right. to I try to live a life where if I don't have like an actual, I don't just go around making suggestions to people. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know this one. Whatever you think's best. I don't know how to make that car work. You know, the mechanic is there for that, and I trust yes. the mechanic. So. Well, like I said, as long as you have trust and you have faith in the other people too, it's I mean if you have someone you don't really trust or have faith in, it's a little harder to to listen to what they have to say. But 
Uh, yeah, I, so I'm far, guessing so you have pretty good trust in people uh, who we've worked with so far. So and so then you have where monsters lie. Then comes after that. It, it how did where monsters lie end up at Dark Horse? Like how did, did you just pitch Dark Horse for this one, or did you pitch it out for to a couple different places? Yeah, I, I'm going to pull the curtain back, but I'm not going to name any publishers. Yeah. <laughs> after I hate this place, the publisher reached out to me, and they said actually probably after six sidekicks, mm -hmm. um, a publisher reached out to me, and they're like, we'd really like something like six sidekicks. Um, which is to me, an, uh, you know, a multi-character, funny, not funny book. Um, and I had gotten this idea for Where Monsters Lie while I was working on I Hate This Place. And I was really fixated on it. So I pitched them, I pitched this publisher that they clearly did not understand. They did not see it. They did not see it for what I, what it was. And I think they were literally, I think their response was like, well, this wasn't, it wasn't like, this isn't what we're exactly what we're looking for. But I, I felt like that was the takeaway. Like, that's not what they were looking for. Um, and so at the same time, another publisher who I would have rather worked with than that first publisher was like, hey, we'd love to get a pitch from you. So I gave them Where Monsters Lie because I'm like, this is the one. I'm like, I'm I'm so stoked on this book. I think it's, it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be a really fun book. Mm -hmm. And like, what more do I want than to put a good, fun book out there? Um, and I think for them, and so you can't sort of disparage the second publisher. I think that, they felt like very familiar characters, these archetypes that was maybe a little, it made them a little nervous uh, in terms of like legal purposes, right? Um, or maybe they felt like it was too satirical. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't know my work. That's very possible. A lot of times publishers don't necessarily know your work and they still want your work because your name has some power yeah. to it. So at the time, I was like, well, I'm going to make this book no matter what. And I thought, well, I can always draw it and I'll just kickstart because I've done that in the past. And I like Kickstarter and I like doing Kickstarter and then image publishes the book and I make like $17 um, from the image <laughs> side, which at least it exists in the library somewhere. Um, and that's very exciting to me. And my friend, Matt Kent, who's a big deal at Dark Horse, he has his own imprint over there, Flux House, shout out to Flux House. Uh, he was like, you should show it to Dark Horse, show it to Dark Horse. And so I did. And they're like, we'd love to do it. And originally they're like, you're going to draw it, right? And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to draw it. I don't want to draw this <laughs> book. I want it to be kind of scary. Um, so yeah, Dark Horse was like all in on it. Uh, they've been great. They found me, uh, Peter, who's a pros pro. Like, I, I've been, I've been so. I hate collaboration so much, and I've been pretty lucky with everyone. Um, but Peter Kowalski is a pros pro. Um, so good at drawing what I wrote. So good at elevating it. So good at getting what's supposed to be happening. Um, I really, I really enjoyed working Peter, and I think he did. I say Peter. I don't know his name. I, Peter, Peter sounds right. Uh, Peter, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's been, he's amazing. And I love what he did on the page. And there's so many bits that I was like, man, I could never draw it. Um, but Peter's, he's way better than me. So like, that's easy. He's been great. So yeah, I mean, Dark Horse has been great, man. We sold out. They got me great cover variant artists. Like I, they're like, who do you want to do a variant art? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, how about James Stokoe? I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't know I could just name names. I thought you <laughs> wanted me to find someone I knew. And then, you know, <laughs> Tyler Crick, who I think is just, yeah. uh, I think is a goat horror artist, and Fabio and I, David Rubin's um, uh, his volume, his issue four, I, this is my probably my favorite. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Like these great variant, these great variant artists. We're, I'm gonna be honest, working with Dark Horse has been great, and that has sold out. Makes the issues have sold out, makes it greater for me. Yeah, because you know that's all you want is for people to read your book, and it's been great, man. I'm I'm really stoked to find the right home it should have been in, and and you know hopefully there's more to come.
Yeah, and I, I mean Daniel uh, is it Shoban? Is that I'm guessing that's his yeah, name? Shaban. The editor. Shaban. Yeah. It's like Daniel yeah. Shaban. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be on the podcast in a couple episodes actually to talk about. So we'll have to like dive in to see how he likes the the where Monsters Live has been doing over it. He likes it a lot. He <laughs> loves it. Yeah. But, and in P- I, I, I'm other than that one. Daniel's Daniel's you know, he's he's the younger brother of, you know, a Pulitzer winning author. Like uh <laughs> he knows a thing or two about writing. He's and And he's been there for I, a long I, time. <laughs> I I love it. Daniel's there's there's a lot of different kind of editors and mm. I hate notes. Um so I would prefer someone who's hands off as much as possible because I feel like you don't need to middle with things. You don't need mm-hmm. to middle manage things. And I think a lot of editors do. I think they feel like they're compelled to show we did something. Um, Daniel's going to be like, that book was great because I had to do so little on it, which is what you <laughs> want an editor to say. Lots of, lots of grammatical corrections because I'm bad at commas. I'm bad at commas. Um, but like, we but didn't that's have why there's someone there for you that. Like, that's why, again, a team, trust. <laughs> Listen, Thank goodness. Um, I, he can only say good things about that book. We made it so easy. We like, we didn't have to change any pages. I think we did art changes on two panels. I, I think that's right. I think two panels. I was like, what if we did this different? And I'm not going to say like that's unheard of. And it was literally one of them was, can we just change this character's eyebrows in this panel? Because that'll solve the whole problem. Because if he just looked madder, like he looked happy. Yeah. Like if he doesn't look happy and whatever the other one was, I sincerely don't remember what it was, but I know that Peter was like, I'll change it. I'll no, He's like, I'll just fix it. And he fixed it within an hour. And within an hour, the new page was up. And it's like, priceless. <laughs> like, what more can you ask for? He's perfect. Um, I really, I, I really like working with Peter. I'm going to work with him again. There's no, I have no doubts of that. He, he was just a dream to work with. And for this book, he was just able to capture the tone. Like it's serious. But it's it's serious. It's dark and it's awful. And some of the spooky stuff, I, I think a lot about. Uh, I think on page two or three, Zell, who's sort of the old lady that runs this gated mm-hmm. community for slasher monsters, has like poked a kid's eye out with a needle, and it's, it's like so it's like the second page, gross. isn't it? Yeah, it's so gross. And I was like, God, why would he do? Why would Peter do that? And I looked and I wrote that, and it, like, it was so messed up when I saw it. I couldn't believe that I wrote someone to do that. If, if you were um, expecting a, a funny book, like if you were expecting a comedy, a straight up comedy from Kyle Starks, and you see the next page is a freaking person getting their eye poked. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the thing is I think I, I think part of why Where Monsters Light has had such a strong response is because it is it's really funny and it's really spooky. It's both mm-hmm. of them, and and a lot of that is is because of Peter's uh, Peter's aesthetics really are able to do both somehow. Um, yeah, he did, anyway, he did great what, on the, like, the uh, Carmen line, too. I don't know if you ever read the, read the Carmen line. Uh, he released that over at Mad Cave recently. And it's he did uh, that's where I first found out about Peter. And when I saw about 700 books, he's yeah, doing yeah. like four books at once right now. He's the busiest guy in comics, um, <laughs> which is which is everybody, but yeah, it's I feel like I say that to everybody. I'm like, <laughs> he, he's so busy. I yeah. never, I was like, I was talking to an editor at another company and they're like, Oh, he's doing my book too. I'm like, he's doing my book right now. Like, how's he doing? Uh, he's doing your book right now. I, and he's doing think, it well. So I it's think, not even like, it's like these people who are super busy, like, like him, like it's like, he's super busy and, it, but you wouldn't yeah. be able to tell that if you didn't know anything and, else, you'd be like, this is the only book he's working on. Cause he's doing such a good job on it. Yeah. Cause the timing, if you, if you look, he does like cross hatching and like, that's really time consuming. And the colors, I think, it's funny because it, sometimes colors take away from like a lot of that effort, but he does like really serious cross hatching. Um, and that's really time intensive. It's not like he's just like getting it out there. Uh, 
Man, he's so good. And he and he adds stuff. He he adds like there's all these like skulls in the decor of like uh of Zell's like home and uh, there's one bit where I have a character hitting another character with a claw hammer as you do, and he drew like a row of teeth sort of following the direction from where the hammer hits their face. I didn't write that. That's just good comic book storytelling. <laughs> and he's all like, what if I just put some messed up teeth? Like a little do it. Do it, Peter. He's great. I love him. I love that book. I, I really I I got the last issue and I went, Oh yeah, this is really good. Like it's it's so pleasing to to be like in that moment I wasn't delusional. Like I actually I had a lot of fun. I think we all had a lot of fun and it was really good. Um I'm really proud of that book. Ask Daniel if there's gonna be more of it. Ask him what he see what he says. The, the, the uh Peter has a great job at doing skulls too. Like you mentioned skulls earlier. Like I feel like that is cover of issue two. Or yeah, it's yeah. issue two, yeah, with the skull on yeah. the ground and stuff like that. It's like it's a beautiful looking and it's such a eye-catching design. Issue, on issue, it too. issue three is is a uh, is Richard the Clown with a flamethrower. Yeah. It's like a wall yeah. of skulls. And apparently apparently people uh are very uncomfortable by that cover. I've heard actually, which I it's again, shout out to Peter. I've had every cover, someone not the second one so much, but for issue one and issue three, people go, I, that cover makes me really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's what we want. Well, it's like, because we it's horror, it. horror comic books nowadays. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I've had a conversation with horror, like, like, like traditional horror writers who've done it for years. And I'm like, you really can't make a scary comic book because a, one of the reasons why movies and things like haunted houses are scary is you can't immediately just stop it. Like you have to find the yeah. remote to turn it off or something like that. And the jump scares already happened or whatever. But if you're like about to get scared in a comic book, you can just close the comic book. Like you're done. Like you just stop reading. And yeah, I, there's something about this. So I feel like there's this uncomfortability part of it and eeriness yeah. that you have to like, I get to feel like gro gross, but like feel off that yeah, makes no. and, th and that's what it is. I feel like there is that aspect of it. And people are afraid of clowns. So that doesn't, you know, that's a big thing. And skulls, I mean, that's a pretty good thing. Why are not? any of these monsters that you've created, or, or I say monsters, but like monstrous people, yeah, yeah, no based, based off of anybody? I, do you have like serial killers in your mind that you loosely base no, these off of? Or I, mean, okay? I mean, listen, for where monsters lie, like they're clearly archetypes. Yes. Um, there's no question, like this character is vaguely. So I, I, I say this thing a lot. What I very much want to do, I love I love tropes, I love archetypes, mm -hmm. I don't love subtire, I don't like spoofs, I don't like homages, I like, but I like the idea of sort of subverting these sort of archetypes and tropes. But I want to make things that that are very unique that are also incredibly familiar. I want because it's like, well, what's this book about? It's like, oh, it's about an ex NBA player who finds out his dead mom lived next door to Dracula's or whatever, and it's like that's so weird. But I want people to look through it, like, oh no, this feels like something I've like this this doesn't feel weird. It feels familiar and safe. Or mm. uh, in terms of safe to consume. And so that's like very much like the great thing about these archetypes is like it's shorthand. Like mm -hmm. I it's not those characters, but you get the sense that I know where these characters are from. I know their history, right? I if I if you see a murder clown in the comic book, you're like, oh, I know about murder clowns, like they're trouble. Um if there's a puzzle man, if there's a puzzle bad guy, like you should you know what you know what they've done in the time before you've seen them. So they're they're definitely they're definitely intentionally archetypes, but not those characters. I don't think well, maybe Daniel Dawson, but he's a shape. He's they're all the vague shapes. Yeah. If you're a big quiet monster, they're all kind of the same. Like I can't help that. It's just a trope and forest stuff. <laughs> um but they're all like they're all they all draw inspiration, but I tried to make them unique to me, but also feel familiar in a way where like, listen, when Texas Chainsaw Man meets yeah. Freddie man, or not Freddie, yeah. but Jason man. Like, what do you, don't you want to know what's going to happen when they fight? Like, 
I want to know. That's why I wrote the book, right? Yeah. Is I want to know like what's this? What are these solutions? Um, or what's these outcomes? I don't know why I said solutions. That's me as a writer. I'm always looking for solutions. <laughs> what what is this outcome? Um, so I wouldn't say like I like I mean clearly they draw from certain characters, but I tried to make them mixes and and unique in their own way. Like the the sawman is not the sawman at all. Like he's sort of hapless and pathetic, uh, but he still sure loves murder. He sure still loves murdering everybody with puzzles. Um, I, just, way, I, like, just, I don't think it's a unique. It's a unique. It's a story that you had that 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 serial killer murderous monsters but it's also a unique take on it whereas like it's not you're not just writing a serial killer book yeah. you wrote a book about no, them all work living in the same spot and trying to get through harmoniously through a through a in a you know talking about hoa fees or hoa problems yeah i, I really <laughs> like i really you know i i, I watch it i like i love horror movies i said i like i i i really enjoy horror movies and I just like, what? Are, like, where do these guys go in between? Like, there's someplace. Chucky's someplace for two years in between the next movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's someone's paying for his cable. He's watching yes. cable. His his human lady friend has got to eat. You know what I mean? Like, how are they paying for that? And I just became like, I was like, that's really interesting. Um, and just like, just how Rutherford Ranch was, and I hate this place. I'm like, this is an interesting setting. Mm-hmm. But like, to me, that's just a setting. Like, a setting doesn't. It's not a story. And and I'm very interested in story mm-hmm. because like a setting's great a cool character is great but if the cool character doesn't do anything interesting or nothing interesting happens to them you only get so far like it only you can only sort of ride that for so far and i like stories i like beginning middles and ends and and for me it's like well what's what's the story and it's like well what if what if a final girl found them and wanted their revenge and i was like well okay now i like that but like how do i make that interesting and it's like well what if that what if that final girl was basically Batman if his parents were killed by, <laughs> you know, Jason instead yeah. of Joe Chill. And I'm like, no, like, that's really interesting to me. And where Monsters Light, it, it poses a lot, like, who's really the monster? Like, it wants, because you like these guys, you like these awful murderous killers. It's like, they are the bad guys, right? Well, I don't know, this good guy who showed up is killing everyone. Yes. It's like, they killed everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think that sort of, that sort of subtext is really interesting to me and, and what the resolution to that is, you know, what the outcome is is really interesting to me and uh i i'm really proud of that i'm glad it's selling out i really am because it means people are, are enjoying it enough to consume it um i i love all those characters god shutter shutter buy these characters for me you know let's make a <laughs> let's make 12 I movies yeah. you know what you should do is a is a like a 12 episode 10 episode series that has a culmination couple of movies so you can get to know each yeah, character maybe that's what we want or like yeah just the, the where monsters lie cinematic universe the yes. wmlucu that's what we want <laughs> no i mean I, I by no means do i make it i, I don't yes. make anything for that function but i was like man i love these characters and i think like think of the there's a lot of prequels we could do i don't know maybe yeah. maybe if he's selling out really well dark horse will let me do like a bunch of one shots or who like it'll be like uh uh <laughs> what's jeff lemire's thing black some hammer it'll be like yeah. black hammer but with idiotic moron serial killers monsters so, i mean it's it's a four issue series was it was it pitched as a four issue series was it because it is also seemed like we're now in that section of time where it used to be five issues as a mini series yeah. and now it seems like a lot more people are doing four yeah it used to be six and now it's five yeah. I, when i did five issues of assassination i think they were kind of missed them I mean, when i did five issues of of uh I hate this place. They were kind of miffed at me that it wasn't six. But then when we did art two, I was like six, right? They're like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we're not doing that anymore. And and I think, uh, I mean, Matt Kent's doing three issue things now, which I think is 
it, it psychologically is very upsetting yeah. to me because I, I real estate is so important and and there's certainly a way like it, at one point in time I would have said there's no way I could tell a story under 180 pages. I just couldn't imagine the way that because I I'm I'm very pacing heavy like beats and pacing and things require setups and I like character moments. I really like just two characters sort of exposing something about themselves in the story as they interact. That's something I really enjoy. But that's panels. Like, that's panels. Because you, I want to back and forth. I, I, I haven't mastered, uh, like, traditional comic talking where people sort of speak in monologues at each other yeah. um, to sort of cover a lot of exposition. I like my stuff to be very naturalistic. Um, or to, in a, a way, a version of naturalistic where it feels like if you and a friend read those pages out, you'd be like, that's, that's how people talk. Mm-hmm. Um so well, the, I mean, you have so, you have in your your book. Oh, was it? I, I'm looking at the pages right now. Like, there's at least one, two, three, like three or four pages in a row in issue one of where monsters lie. Where was it? Wyatt and what's the older so, lady's yeah. name? Yeah, they're just walking, so, having conversation. You wouldn't be able to do that if it's a three issue series. It it would be tougher. Um, that would be like a two panel thing of them like and like. <laughs> you don't get the same effect of it. No. Um, and like even through the whole thing, and I do that with fights too. I mean, in many ways, for where monsters lie. Two, three, and four are fights. It's it's mm. it's the it's an evening happening that's just sort of nonstop action. And if you can't let the and some of it is a little truncated. If I'm gonna be honest, like some of it, I wish I had one more page for. But you know what can you do? Yeah. Um, but I like fights. I like fights to be fights. I like conversations. To be, I like character moments to be character moments. And comedy, comedy, and horror both require pacing in a way that you want to set up a moment to feel like you want tension leading up to a bad moment, or you want humor to lead up to a punchline right like you it's, it requires a lot of pacing so as they get shorter i get more and more anxious because i feel like i just just again the last year and a half have gotten comfortable with the idea of four issues because that's mm-hmm. it's really not very much but um i'm getting i'm i you don't i never want to set myself up mentally where i won't get enough pages to do the story i want to do so like i'm trying not to think about six issue stories which sucks because i want to do well, I mean, Peacemaker's like going to be six something... issues, right? Yeah, Peacemaker's going to be six. So you, <laughs> you want to you want to sort of be like, well, if it's a hit, I want to be able to do 12. Yeah. But it's a, that would be really hard for me um, to date because I never, I mean, like I, said, I could have done, I could have done Rock Candy Mountain for a long time. Mm-hmm. I knew I would not. I had a beginning, middle, and end, and I 100% did that. But if after issue, if you like say issue four, it was a huge success and I'm selling 50,000 copies. I could have stretched it out. I could have yeah. figured out a way to stretch it out for 12 more issues. Um, but like, and, and I, I hate this place too. I hate this place originally was supposed to be an ongoing um, and just comics change. Like mm-hmm. the, the market change, what is considered successful enough for a publisher to keep doing. It's like, I get that. How many pages, like that's why pages keep getting shorter and smaller and smaller. Um, I'm sure someone's going to figure out a solution to this, or maybe we'll, you know, we'll go back to getting a lot of people reading comics again, where yeah. it's less of an issue. That would be that'd be the hope, obviously. But so yeah, I'm trying not to. So now it's like um, I have a uh, I have a meeting tomorrow where we're doing some. They call it a kickoff. I don't know what that means. Um, where we're going to talk about this new series, which is approved. I think we have an artist. I have no idea how many issues it is. If they say five, I think that would it maybe be one issue too long, because I thought yeah. about it. I thought about like in and outs, in and outs. And and I would my preference is 180 pages, but now you're talking about 80 pages. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's a big, that's a huge difference. Um, so I'm wrapping my head around it because I'd rather be able to make the stories that I want to make than be disappointed I can't make certain stories because of reality. You know, mm-hmm. 
I mean, three issues though. Oh, yeah, it's not. I, so I, the only time I've seen three issues that I've that I feel like it's going to be done well is I was just talking. I mentioned I talked to Colin Bunn, and Colin Bunn has a, a book, uh, uh, Lamentation, over at Oni Press that is three issues, but it's three double issues. So it's like yeah. that's basically six issues at that point. Then, Those, yeah. so it's not it's actually also a three issue series. Book. Yeah, it's People like seven and nine. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah no. it's tough. All so, that's so, all that's so tough. I'm glad I don't have to do the like. They're not. Yeah, not up to me, right? <laughs> Well, if you think about it, it's an eight dollar or seven ninety nine, six ninety nine. I think it's six ninety nine, and I'm like, it's actually cheaper to buy these two issues this way because that's only like, what three dollars and fifty cents a book instead of three ninety nine. And so I was like, that's actually a better deal for three six ninety nine issues than it is to buy six four three sure. ninety nine issues. In, theory, in theory, yes. yeah, yeah. But like, people don't see that. Also, you see sticker shock when you go in the shop and you're like, I'm expecting three ninety nine in a book, four ninety nine in a book, and it says six or seven ninety nine. Uh, it, it just it just throws you off too. It's it's a it's a yeah. different. I think it's because like for that. You're gonna Cullen's gonna get the people who love his work. They're gonna buy yes. it no matter what. Obviously, yeah. the other people are walking in and they're like, "I can get five comics today." You know yeah. what I mean? And he's like, "Oh, I want this because that means I can only get four comics." Yeah. All that, like all that stuff, all that stuff, Matt. And it was like, "What if there's variant covers you want?" Oh my goodness! Like now you <laughs> can only get two comics. Like that's not the experience you want. Um, no, it's tough, man. The whole industry but, is tough. It's a, it's I mean, tough you're industry. you're going. You went from "I hate this place" to "Where Answers Lie." Those two creator own titles at two different publishers. The good, great, great creative teams on those. Those are uh, hits in my mind as well as a lot of other companies, obviously, because they're selling well. Is now you're going back into the realm of IP, where I mean, you obviously were Ricky Morty for a while, and then now Five you're going to be, do, yeah, going to be at, uh, uh, doing the Peacemaker series. It's a weird IP, though. It's an IP that's like fringe IP, if that makes any sense. Like it's not you're not going into write Batman or Superman or no. You're going to I write could. something that has a little bit more of a probably a little bit more of a playground to play in, like a little bit more freedom, right? I mean, I'm guessing. Well, uh, I, I, that's interesting, probably, but to me, to me, when they reached out, I was like, I was like, well, this is what I should be doing anyway. Like, this is the mm -hmm. book, because when I saw that TV series, when I saw the James Gunn TV series, yeah. and I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was someone else, actually, someone else tweeted, they're like, why isn't Kyle Starks doing a Peacemaker series? <laughs> and I, and I, I've not, I've not really considered the, the, the big two. I say the big two. I think everyone does, yeah. right? Yeah. Because like I, the way that I tell stories are very character driven, and they're beginning, middle, and ends, and it's a different, it's a different muscle to even think about those books. And also, it's like with with you know all due respect, like I don't love those characters like I did when I was a kid, and I mm -hmm. thought the Justice League Detroit was good. You know what I mean? I just don't. I got I'm so far away, and I'm so adult, and I've been making my own characters in my own world. But that being said, so when they said it, I'm like, man, I would kill that book. I would, because that book is what I've done. I uh, killed them all, Sex Castle, Rock Candy Mountain to a degree, Assassination. It's big, dumb, violent movies that have a lot more going on. And um, and in many ways, Rick and Morty is the same way too. It seems like it's a big, dumb, stupid action yeah. thing, but there's so much, the emotional stuff is so much more interesting <laughs> to me. And for Peacemaker and that character's sort of emotional growth um, in that series was like the best part. Like, yes, he definitely fights, you know, like a giant space cow at one point, but <laughs> his his emotional growth through that is so much more interesting than anything else to me. And so, like, I think this is my type of character. They're they, they're big dumb and violent, so I get to do big dumb action movie stuff, which I love. And I get to do, have this character have like an emotional journey that's really compelling because that's my that's for me, right? I mm. love big dumb action. I could do it all day, but like, what what makes me want to stick with it is like, well, what what more is going on? So, and. I'm quoting other people, but they're like, this is perfect casting. And I think with Steve Pugh also, yeah. I don't think you could ask for, because I said, we want to look like a superhero book. We don't want people to look at it and go, oh, it's really cartoony. You want people to like, oh, it's Peacemaker, the superhero book. 
but also for that artist to 100% get how comedy works and see if you obviously um, is, is the guy for that. You want it to, and then Erica, I think Erica is there too, but it, we got crap for Erica's art, which because it's a, it's a ridiculous world that makes no sense. Like Erica's not one of the three best cartoonists in the business, but um, so that, yeah, I couldn't, I think the casting, like shout out to those editors, Matt Levine and Chris Conroy, like obviously, like I, I don't think you could have picked a better choice. So they like, could it, did I get to do whatever I wanted? Well, what I really wanted was to give people more of that show because that's mm -hmm. what they love and that's what I love. I And because it was similar in, to my voice, I'll bite much better. He's James Gunn. He's not in an unfinished basement doing podcasts. He probably has a podcast interview room that yeah. has like gold lions in it. You know what I mean? Like his, He, he walks in, it's already has. set for uh, set up for him. He walks in, sits down, oh, yeah. speaks, gets up and leaves. Doesn't have to do yeah, anything. He's got, he's, got a, he's got a ring light instead of like a desk lamp <laughs> pointed at my TV that's too close to me. Like, uh, but, but he does, he does the thing that I do, which is like, which is, is like, let's find the interesting, mm. let's, let's, let's tell a story, throw a bunch of characters in it, make the characters interesting. Like the characters being interesting adds to the story. They're not, they exist for the story. Right. Um, so yeah, I, really that was my endeavor was to, was two, was two parts. One to give people more of that show because that's what DC should have been doing. That's what it's so dumb. It's not dumb, but it's the smart thing to do. Right. Like there should yeah. be this thing. People love that show because it was great. The comics should be like, here's more of that thing you love. It's great. And that was my number one. Number one was that. Number two was if this is my only DC thing, <laughs> what can I what can I put in here that I might that this might be my only shot. So <laughs> certainly I asked for certain characters and I got all of them. I got all the characters I wanted. That you know, if I don't ever do it, like at least I have this. It's like, well, I've got that character in there. I yep. got that character in there. Um but, but the but real question only, is, 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 is Peacemaker going to be still singing into a vibrator at all in this one? Uh, he will, he will not be. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, like a lot of the sexuality stuff and probably couldn't do because no, no, I could have, oh. there's, there's, but I wish, I, I wish I had more real estate mm -hmm. to sort of lean into that to where it was a little bit more. I, the thing is like, he's so juvenile. Some of it is yeah. like, well, it, it's a final, because of his ju how juvenile he is whenever you sort of deal with sexual stuff, it's funnier on camera yeah. than it is in a comic. And it's a fine line between crossing not being funny at all and just being sort of gross. And so I, I definitely didn't deal with his sexuality, which I think is very important, um, are like a lot of sort of like, there's dick jokes in there, but yeah. not as many as you'd think, right? Uh, and that's probably one of my regrets. That's one of my regrets of the book is like, it doesn't, it doesn't lean into any of that stuff as far as it should, but I only have so many pages, you know what I mean? And I, I more than anything want to be like, it's a, it's going to be a big, dumb version. It's a big, dumb, fun book. That's my thing. It's going to be a big, dumb, fun book. Um, and by the time you're like, Oh man, this, this is great. More peacemaker. I'm so happy. This character is great. Um, someone in one of my last interviews is like, well, what do you hope comes out of this? And I'm like, like that, this is the character, right? Like this character is, exists. It's not my character. It's James Gunn's character. Yeah. Um, but like he doesn't turn into the low hanging fruit because I think it's so easy to do. Whereas you have a big dumb juvenile guy though, who understands other people exist, who understands other people have their own ways of living, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's like so. It's it's such a modern. And I say this, I'm old. I'm 46. But to me, it's like that's such a modern character to be yeah. like I'm who I am, and I'm a little. I might be a little problematic, and I know that. I'm not stoked about it, but also like. I see other people have challenges and I'm okay with that. Like it's, it's so interesting to me. So that I miss where my hope is like that James Kent character becomes not low hanging fruit. Cause that's what com comedy 
comedy, I'm doing air quotes. I don't know if I'm on camera or not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, comedy characters when are so quickly turned into low hanging fruit and it, it kills them. It sucks mm-hmm. everything out. And certainly there's some characters that have sort of avoided or survived that, but um, I hope that doesn't happen to Peacemaker. I think he's a really interesting character. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. And I think people have a lot of fun reading the book, which is really the most important thing. Exactly. And you want people to read your book. But like the, 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 I loved the Peacemaker TV show. I'm not a huge DC comic book fan at all. Like I, I just like mm-hmm. for me to message my LCS and say, hey, can you put, make sure that, you know, Peacemaker uh, tries hard is on my poll list, uh, uh, you know, for May 2nd or May 3rd when I go pick up my books is, he was like, are you okay? Are you feeling okay over there? Yeah. Like, what's going on over here? And here's the truth. It's Peacemaker. It is. It's also DC Black Label. So it's like, he's like, it's yeah. still not technically DC. Like, it's it's not DC. Technically like, you're yeah. not buying a Superman or Batman book. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But maybe one of these days, if this is small enough, people, I like Peacemaker. I like your work. So put it together, get it over there. And if, if that ends up making me fall in love with another thing at DC in the future, maybe yeah. they'll get some more of my, my pull list selections. But as of right now, I'm like, I just, the James Gunn version of Peacemaker, if that's what's going to be similar to, and it's your writing. You got me hooked. I, you got me Dude, buying it. So there you go. That's that's so kind of you. That's because yeah. that's what we're hoping for, right? And and mm-hmm. again, I hope like I hate this place. People go, I really like Peacemaker. I'm going to check out Rocky Mountain, or I'm going to check out Assassination, or Six Sidekicks, which is great, or Mars Attacks, which I think is weirdly old head. I mean, I, something like, I just want people to read all my stuff, <laughs> and and not because I'll make money, because I won't make that. You'll be surprised. It's not that much. Um, but you I put a lot like, of work into it, and you put a lot of work and effort yes. into it, and you told stories that you wanted to tell us. So you want you want to share it. You don't you're That's not writing exactly right. books and like putting it on your shelf so no one your journals so no one sees them ever. You want yeah. you're doing this because not because you're making money at it because obviously there's not a ton of money in comic books, but mm. the idea you're doing it not, to not so share your story with someone else. Yeah, I just like to tell stories. I like to entertain people, and and I think I think Peacemaker is going to be very because again you're coming from a place of familiarity too. Um, that just makes it funnier, I think. It just makes it funnier when you sort of know what you're getting into. Uh, I'm a part of that book, too. CPU is doing great work. Uh, oh, and number two has a uh, Die Hard 2 variant cover, by the way, too. They every So every issue has a movie variant cover. Poster. has a movie style. It's the B cover, I think. And yeah. they sent they sent it to me, and I was like, can I write the taglines? Can I write the taglines <laughs> for all six of these? And so two through six, because they're like, Peacemaker tries hard, too. It's like Peacemaker tries even harder or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wrote, I can't remember what I wrote, so I hope they're still funny. At the time I wrote them, I thought they were very funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got to write the taglines for those. Also, those Chris Anka covers, all the variant covers are also insane, which yeah. circles back around to where monsters lie. Because yeah. like, oh, Dan, Dan I, I love Dan Hip. Dan Hip's one of my favorite artists and designers. And they're like, oh, Dan, we got Dan Hip to do a Peacemaker. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Um, I'm only playing Marvel Snap because Dan Hip was doing cards for it. So like, <laughs> Uh, he did a very. I just recently got into Snap. Marvel Snap, so good luck. Good luck with the, doing anything for the rest of your time. Yeah, um, but like I had to turn the alerts off. Though I'm like, I, I, I'll do it when I have time to do it. Dude, they need to make I, it into a real card game. It's what they need to do. But don't, don't give them ideas. How would the math on that? Imagine trying to do the math for that card game. It's they impossible. do something. I, mean, I don't. I watch people play Pokemon and, and they play uh, other stuff at the comic book shop, and I'm just like, they put like dice on things and things like that. There's a way to do it's it. Too but much. Not, it's too much. You yes. can do that Black Panther Wong Shuri thing. It had like a billion yeah. points, and like it's just like the game. Well, I feel stuff. like the locations wouldn't have like the effects maybe that they'd have on the game yeah. with the cards yeah, themselves. Like I'm they sure, figure it I'm out. sure that game is. I'm sure it's popular enough that they're trying to figure it out right now. So, uh, but I love Bye. Dan Hip. Um, Chris Anka did all those covers, and then they did the movie treatments, which I think, I think they're so cool. I just think they're so cool looking. Um, I think 
issue four. I just got Chris Angus cover for, and it's so amazing. Um, I was looking at where am I at? Am I yeah, there's a couple different cool ones. There's a bunch of them. The one, the twenty five variants are one of twenty five variants are pretty dope. Yeah, that's Dan, um, that's Dan hip, and there's yep. like the foil one. There's a foil yep. one that looks very nineties, which I'm way into. I yeah. really wanted Kevin McGuire to do a cover. I'm not for sure if they ever got that. Um, I would love like a Justice League International style cover, you know. So yeah, I mean we've been real lucky. I've been re- I'm I've been real lucky. I'm having a great year. I'm I'm really loving it. I, I think you're excellent. Yeah. People are enjoying them and. I, I'm Starks is a, it's a household name now, right? Oh, dude, it's up not. And it's up and comer, but I'll take it. I'll take it up and <laughs> comer. Starks. And eventually, Kyle I'll Stank. just be there. It's Kyle Stank, uh, isn't it? Like like Tony Stark, Kyle Stank. Some sometimes it's not right, but that I get it. Names are hard. <laughs> but yeah, so names no, are hard. I think it's Kyle great. Stark, I think you're having Kyle a great Stark. year. I think I think I hate this place is absolutely wonderful. I am a sucker for um, the variant cover. I'm a big Scotty Young fan, so obviously I have, I have a love for I uh, you know. I hate slash fuck stuff. Yeah. And also, I wish I wish someone would have really reminded me. Yeah, like they would have been like, because I would have called it. We hate this place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. We could have changed two it up main a little characters, bit. At least, like you couldn't do that with I hate Fairyland because it's just Gert. So they can't yeah. say we because it's just Gert. But there is two characters in this thing, so you could have easily done that and say I we could have. But I wish someone what? would have made that suggestion. But they, so instead, me and Scotty have like the uh, shared. I, feel I like, hate slash fuck this universe, you know? I think either both an image. I think there's a uh, a, a one-shot crossover that used to happen. That's I'll, what I think it's happened. I'll send him a DM. We'll see. <laughs> he's, well, we'll he's going to be on, on, he's on the next episode. So, Scotty's oh. on the next episode. Do you want me to bring it up? <laughs> yeah, bring him up how, how, bad I, how bad I feel about it. I think we talked It's funny. It I could bring him up in three different episodes. This is episode number 100 for our podcast, first of all. What? Uh, so, yes, man. Yes, right the here. Century, this, man. You know, uh, and then the next episode is 101, which is Scotty Young, and then one after that is Daniel. So we got yeah, well, so I can bring up a good run. Three, three episodes in Why a row. Not? I can bring up it's Kyle Stark's name, right? Let's do it. <laughs> but you're the only one out of all of them. I probably would be able to say we could we could talk basketball for hours with. So for, I, I think I that's one of could. those. That's one of those saying. What I want to do is David Harper, you, me, and uh, uh, you ever Trace Dean, who's a, who wrote a, 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 a comic book for Vault. I know yeah. Trey. He, he, the four of us should do something once sometime and just like. Piss off all the non-basketball fans on one of our. Like I said, I, I would rather not do it on Davis. Davis is more of a respectful podcast than mine is. Uh, to we, do it like on here, and just be like, let's just talk basketball the entire time instead of freaking off books. I if you find any Kyle Starks interview on Sketch, the last easily thirty minutes of it <laughs> yes. is us talking basketball, and he's a Pacers guy in yes. Alaska, which does, one it doesn't make sense to be a Pacers fan mm-hmm. anywhere. But yeah. I live in Indiana, and I'm I'm an, I was I was a longtime Knicks fan, so I hate the Pacers. But now I'm a Celtics guy because of Brad Stevens. Um, my wife went to Butler before Butler was anything. There you go. Yeah. So as a Knicks fan, Butler was the only good thing that ever happened to me for many years uh, in the since 1998. So we switched to the Celtics. But yeah, I would talk. We ruin. I'm sure there's like two things. There's two subjects that people like to talk to me about that we try to stay for the end because I know yeah. people are just kind of, it's wrestling, it's pro wrestling, yeah. and it's basketball because I will tangent hard on both because I love them. Um, it- yeah, I told David, I was like, David, we could do it on here so you don't ruin your fan base. They, they can decide to listen or they can decide not to listen. But I've always wanted to do like some sort of like casting, either like a, a, a complicated, some sort of crossover so you can make it comic book related. So it's like casting comic book characters to play basketball characters in a movie of some sort, like uh, yeah, Stiltman, which is sort of another David Harper reference of like could be yeah, like Katie. Who is the comic book version of Steph Curry? 
yes exactly exactly that those kind of things would be kind of fun so it'd be a fun little way to build it in there and have it be some sort of thing we could do drafts of some sort or something but i was like you could make it comic book related but there's there's only a few people in my life even in like my wife doesn't like there's more than you think there's more than you think it, it, so I, the comic book store, me bringing a basketball is not a very famous favorite yeah. thing. So I usually have to talk other stuff. But yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. But yeah, so you got three books coming out the same week, May second, May third. You have I hate this place, number eight. You've got Where Monsters Lie, number four. number four, and then Peacemaker tries hard number one, all coming out in the same week. But then I hate this place has two more issues after that, right? Nine and ten. That's June yes. and July, and then and five then more. Trade. So it's it's three more months of me taking away the first day of. The comic book month i'm okay yeah. with it though three on That's one a... day i didn't think that was how it was. i thought where monsters light ended right before but i'll take it i'll take triple it's been double kyle wednesday for three months and i will take triple kyle we'll wednesday see it's two one it's one finale it's one oh my gosh. not finale and one one start so like and it's, it's, it's free, a little bit yeah i'm just thinking like i'm doing a signing i'm doing a signing at challengers in chicago okay, yeah, yeah. And now I'm thinking, like, how hectic that might be for me. <laughs> like, because it's kind of the release, it's like the signing release party also for Peacemaker, which I always thought, already thought it was going to be a lot. But I forgot how it's going to be now the last issue where Monsters Fly. It's going to be a lot. It could be a whole lot for Kyle. Yeah. But I'm well, excited you know about it. It's better. It, like I said, how'd I start it? It's better to be busy. It's mm-hmm. better to be busy. Absolutely. And, and, and you know what? You know, it, it, you got to come into Maine at some point. You got to come up to Maine. We have two comic conventions here in Maine. I'd love we'll to. Come to bring point. me up. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll have you I, get asked, I get asked literally every year. They're like, are you coming to the Northeast? And I'm like, probably New York Comic Con. Like, I'd love to do, uh, what's the you show name in have... Fantastic, Fantastic Con? Uh, Terracon? Uh, terrific Con? Ter- terrific Con. Terrific Con. Like, there's yeah. a bunch. But it's like, listen, if they don't bring me out, like, if they don't yeah. reach out to me, yeah. Like, I don't have any control over that. Like, otherwise, I keep doing, you know, the same shows every year because I love them. Like, I like doing the shows I do. I'd love to do more shows. I only get out to Oregon, you know, once every four years yeah. or like, I'd love, I don't have any control over that. I, I mean, I guess I could ask, but it's like, you're in a good you spot know. too for most conventions in the country, meaning that if someone's going to fly you out, you're not across the country. Yes. So yeah. you're like in the middle. So, like, you can go anywhere. Yeah, it's not too bad. Really the flights are terrible again. They cost they cost a lot for some reason again, inexplicably. Yeah, no one's it's... flying, but flight flight costs are up. So, which is kind of funny though. Like a lot of like convention, like I, I'm friends with the people who run the conventions here in Maine, and I like they're like honestly, it's not like flights will pay for people's flights. It's not an issue. It's like when they when an artist asks for ten fifteen thousand dollars to come, that's when they have sure. trouble with it because well, you tell them to you tell that, them so. Kyle Kyle doesn't ask for anything fifteen dollars presently. He doesn't ask for anything. Pre- Listen, here's the thing: if someone if someone in my opinion and here's the thing there's exceptions because sometimes like um a certain convention is wanting me to do a couple shows and it's like sometimes it's an it's an imposition yeah you know what i mean and like the imposition requires more but if someone fly in my opinion if someone flies you out puts you up you're it's all profit right it's all profit so you just hope for a good yeah and so i i i'm with comic sketch art and they're gonna be like don't say that um but (laughs) if 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 it's not the thing is like if i'm going to charge is either because my time is worth more, mm-hmm. which is not today. Um, I'm doing I'm doing a one day show next weekend because a retailer puts it on. It's in Indiana, so it's like a short okay. drive. Will I make enough money to justify the time in 2023? No, it, it, I will not. But you know, if you're talking about a three day show, I probably yeah. will. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, if I don't have to be in a car for four or five hours, and uh, it's te- all that stuff's complicated. But it's reaching a point where it is reaching a point where now I'm writing three books. 
and I'm writing four books. Well, then it's like, well, how many pages am I not getting to do because I'm away versus how much I make at those shows? And it's all complicated. Everything. Well, that's talk to people. It's like I said, all of us, like uh, people talk to this convention, like, why aren't you getting more creators or talk to a creator? Why aren't you going to more conventions? And I think what people don't realize is if you work a 40 hour a week job, for example, like if I work 40 hours at my other job and then that weekend or every weekend and Friday, I'm going, excuse me, to another place for three days over the weekend. Yeah, to do and more, to do back the, to more work. your job. And you're doing your job for seven days in a week, or you're taking time off in the middle of the week because you're working that weekend, but you're not writing the pages that you need to write or draw the pages that you need to draw and so on and yeah. so forth. So it's just a lot more than, than people understand. It's a little bit easier for someone who like, I don't say easier, but like I'm going to a convention this weekend in, in, in New Hampshire and it's um, uh, a comic show. So it's basically just comic creators. There's no celebrities. Yeah, there's no, we like just, that. It, Jim Starlin is the celebrity. I'm like, that's to me, like Jim Starlin, the celebrity. Yeah. Awesome. I just saw Jim a couple of weeks ago. He's great. I have a, a Infinity Gauntlet signed by him too, and so I yeah, have the one behind right. me over here is by Perez. Right. But like right. the the uh, which one of the favorite most favorite people I've ever met in my entire life was was George Perez. But another story for another day. Um, sure. Was that there's just creators there, and it's like, but the people that are there, a lot of them like Jim Starlin, for example. That's what he's doing. I mean, he's writing that he wrote Order in Chaos or whatever that book he has right now, Dark yeah. Horse, um, Order in Outrage, and but he's like most of what he's doing is just conventions and things like that like at some point in your life if yes. that's what you're doing then you can do them every sure. weekend but if you're yes. not writing if you're writing books and writing books in the middle of the week it is a little bit more difficult yeah or you, you, were, or you have kids i mean all those yeah. guys they don't have they don't have teenagers they have kids if they have like kids they're like well old. <laughs> yeah so it, they're it's not, not it's teenagers, teenagers also, or you know i i will say that all that stuff you know there's no pr in comics there's no marketing in comics all there is is me tweeting me talking to you yeah. and whoever your group of people is hopefully yeah. catch on in some way there's me tweeting to people who already follow me. There's previews, which is useless as yeah. PR. There's me doing these interviews, which is why I always do them if I can. And there's me going to shows or going to meet, talking to retailers in some yeah. way. That's all there is. And so it's like when, when I get offered to do a show and if I'm being flown out and put up, certainly I get to promote me, you know, like, cause that's in many ways what it is. is like me trying to sell people on me. It's like, well, that's, tough you know but it's like i you have to find this new audience and if i can if i can go to a show and sell four copies of six sidekicks to yeah. someone who clearly didn't have four copies it's like i made another fan one of those people is going to be a fan if not all and i think we're, I think we live I, in a world too you mentioned it earlier and just to circle back on it was the fact that like kyle stark's fan like, i think there's a difference i like, guess a small weird gap that we've had that back in the 90s you mentioned uh, comic book, there was like people who followed a certain artist or a certain creator mm -hmm. at, at some point or early 90s, 2000s. I think now we're back into that time where we mentioned James Tinian off the off air, but like there's people who just no, read I his think, books because they're so. his books. Like it's For just, sure, it's and they just, should. I think that, and I think that's what happened with, I think there's people out there who are going to be Scott, Kyle Sarks fans forever because of Six Sidekicks or Man, Rick and Morty or, so. or or I Hate This Place. Yeah. And that is like, they go and they don't care what you're writing. They may be a, not be a so. DC fan, but they're going to buy Peacemaker because you wrote it kind of thing. So I, it's funny. It's, a lot of those people are like, I think who are big fans, they've never read Rick and Morty. And I don't blame them that. Like, but I do hope they read Peacemaker because I think they will like it. Mm -hmm. um, and whatever next is, I think whatever next they're going to like, that's what we're hoping. Yeah, we're just trying to build fans. That's all we can do because I just want stuff to be read and I want to make people happy, even if sometimes mm -hmm. I make them cry or scared. Um, <laughs> I just want to entertain them for 45 minutes or however long. This is small. Life is hard, man. It's not getting any less hard. And if someone can take 15 minutes that I did and like that was that was worth my time, like that was entertaining, man, I'm doing my job uh, and I'm trying real hard. I'm trying real hard to only give those moments, you know. You're doing a great job. Don't like just Thanks, yourself man. back there right there. So I don't want to take the rest of this time. We're, we're going to finish up here, but I don't want to, so I don't want to do a David Harper here and just talk basketball for the rest of it, but do the Celtics have a shot. 
I think they have a shot. I, I can't – this year, I have no touch for it. I In the past, I could be like – I listen, I've watched them crumble. Even it, as they were great last year and, and good this year mostly, Tatum's gotten better. I could go on at length. I think they have a shot, but I think I think maybe anyone has a shot this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a dominant team, and if it is, it's probably Milwaukee. Um, I Like, who's going to come out of the West? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, well, I we're the only team. The Celtics are the one of the only teams not swinging punches at each other right now, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I like I multiple thing, teams that swung punches at each other over the weekend. <laughs> it's been, it's been a it, listen. It's been rough for a lot of dudes. Um, I I think I think the Celtics have so much trouble with height, and there's a lot of tall teams. Like for whatever reason, whenever you get a tall team, they really just fall apart. Um, and they're young, like yep. as good as they are. They're very, very young, and they play. You can see mentally the lack of veteran leadership affects them. So I would love to see them in the finals again. I even if they don't win, um, I watched the Knicks for so many two decades. You know what I mean? And like only one of those decades was good. The other yeah. decade was miserable. Um, it was upsettingly miserable constantly. So to see a team like when we came in, like it was a pretty nice little team. We had Isaiah Thomas still, you know. It's a nice little team, and and I Marcus Smart's my. I have, let's see if I can, Marcus Smart's on the shelf over here that my wife got me for Christmas. I, he's my favorite. He's my second favorite player of all time. Um, I love him. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's tenacious. It's it's it's, it's he does, they're he fun. Does it's a fun team to watch. watch. I'm excited just because like it's more basketball because they're a fun team to watch. That's my biggest we're, thing. Is like we're we've reached the point where we're like basketball's almost over, and me and my wife are sad about it because like we that's I stopped working at seven. Yeah. I I work all day and I stop and we'll watch basketball and it's it's funny. It's it'll probably be a little bit better this year than it was last year because the Celtics were so good this year. Normally we would watch three games a night and the nights that the Celtics wouldn't play like I, we have a team when when Russell was in Washington. Sorry everyone who hates basketball. When Russ was in the Wizards, we watched that Wizards team when they played Sacramento before they signed, um, before Vladi came in yeah. and uh, Luke uh, Walt came in. That team, that specific team, that year was such a joy to watch. Usually we had these other teams, but the Celtics were so good this year. We didn't need to watch another team to see something, to see something, someone be explosive, yeah. or to see a well run, a, a well run offense. So we watched less basketball this year than we've ever watched in years. So it might be a little bit less hurtful when the season ends, but we're both like, what are we going to do? Like, what are you going to watch? It's over. We just wait because it's a special time for us. I do think, I don't know, man, fingers crossed. I, I Fingers crossed. I think they have a shot. Like, if, if, if they had a shot last year, they have a shot this year. That's my thing. My, it's like. everyone's Everyone right now is saying, because we're going to play Miami in the first yeah. round, almost assuredly, right? And like, oh, yeah. that'll be a cakewalk. I'm like, guys, Miami, Bam Adebayo, owns the Celtics he he's tall and he's long which we hate and he just just I don't know what it is um all, we're way more finessey than we should mm-hmm. be and if you put bodies on us it's bad I do think that we win I, I do we beat Milwaukee they're so tall and we can't it's tough I, it's quite it. it's like it's like one of those things you see a game you're like oh my gosh the Celtics look so good against Milwaukee and then there's a game where you're just like they did you couldn't even, yes they couldn't it just, even it just depends run. it just depends on how focused Tatum is that game it depends on how focused everybody is Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting because I have no idea who's coming out of the West. We just there's not as many bad guy teams as there usually is. So like most of the work because that's what I think we have good guy. There's good guy teams and there's bad guy teams. And basically, when Harden was in Houston, they were bad guy teams. Sixers are always a bad guy team. They will always be that way. 
any both LA teams are bad guy teams. And that's kind of it right now. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn was a bad guy team until this year. Um, and now they're I'm rooting for Brooklyn, even though I think like um, that's a they're going to get their butts handed to them by somebody. I think. Um, I, but like as yeah. long as it's not as long as it's not Philly, as long as it's not LA team yeah. who wins, I don't give a shit. I, it'll be good. Uh, I'm here for my wife doesn't like Milwaukee, but I, I like I like Milwaukee. I think Giannis should be MVP. I think the fact that people are maybe going to give it to Embiid is so dumb. He, like for what for having the third best team again. Like yeah. congratulations for being nothing. Like it's such a bad argument. It's like I know you don't want to give it. I you know what honestly I hope they I hope they don't give the MVP to Joker, and I hope Denver wins the whole thing. I really like that would be an, another good story. Even if Denver just makes it to the finals and loses to the Celtics, that's a great story because, like, come on, guys, you should just give like Embiid doesn't make any sense because he scored a lot. Like, yeah, Tatum, I, Tatum is I've, the never first been, I've never been an Embiid fan in the first place. So, no, no one has. Well, you're, if you're a Celtics fan, you can't because like, yeah. Tatum is the first Celtic history to average 30 points a game. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that more interesting than this guy? Anyway, whatever. Yeah. I don't think Tatum should be MVP at all, but that's it's the argument. There's always these arguments. This is the year that I'm like the MVP is worthless. Like it means nothing. No, uh, well, I think they're changing. They finally, too. Like I think there's a big thing with the whole like 65 games thing and all that stuff. I think there's a little more of a cool in the CBA changes of that. Looking forward to that yeah. change because I don't know if 65 is the right number, but I'm I'm yeah. for it. I'm for it. So. We'll see. All right, sorry I mean, everyone. Basketball. Hey, well, that's fine. I, want, I just didn't want to also yeah. take up all your time in the world. You have to get back to work. I could, work do it. I could work talk for hours. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying. But if we got on here and actually had people who were willing to talk about this and had some knowledge on it, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't want to bring it up to David right now. He's in what Paris or something like that right now. So like, oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, he's have fun on your vacation, but I think there's some time at some point. Maybe that's how we get our our, our summer basketball fix. Just talking about basketball. And having people I, annoyed with one it, year, but. I had a, a fancy basketball league that was all comic book players or comic book people, and I don't think they. I can't remember. I, there's someone, one other person who was competitive. I won. I don't want to brag. I always win. No, that's not true. I mostly win. There's one other person competitive, and it might have been David, but I think David maybe wasn't it. So I, I, I just can't remember who it was, which is a bad. But like, there's a nut. There are dudes, but a lot of them, like a lot of them, are just like guys who just like to talk. Like they don't. Yeah. And like I like I I'm I'm as cerebral as you can be watching basketball and not being in a different fandom. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm so stoked because and I do have to do shows. I'm doing shows this weekend and next weekend yeah. um, that I'm going to miss games, obviously. But this is to me these forty days, forty nights, which I think is yeah. longer now because of the play-ins. Those forty days, forty nights. That's my March Madness, and I love March yeah. Madness. But this is the one I actually want to watch. I want to watch three games with my wife. And then once it goes down to two games, we're like, oh, only two games tonight. <laughs> like, I love it. because And usually I, we watch so many games and we've seen everybody. But for me, this will be sort of, this will be the first time I've seen KD Suns. Yeah. Um, it'll be a bunch of teams I have different than regular basketball, too. That's the other thing. Is yeah. that you have something to play for. It's a little bit different as well. So we'll see how bad the refs are. Always fun to see how bad the refs are going to be for the playoffs. Which way they're going to go for badness, you know. Whether or not like they're throwing games for certain dudes, which happens every year, and I love the playoffs, man. And I don't care who wins; it doesn't matter to me. That being a Knicks fan for all those years. Yeah, my my coworker, <laughs> the one I work next to in my office, is his name is Asa. He's a huge Lakers fan. Just grew up being a Kobe oh, fan, grew up being a Shaquille O'Neal fan, which is obviously great for me because I'm a Celtics fan. So it's like you have that Celtics Lakers rivalry. But in the truth of the matter is, when it all boils down to it, we just like basketball. And so when we talk about yeah. things, we just talk about basketball as a whole. That game was amazing, or this player was amazing, yeah. or we can't wait for this and so on. We were a huge fan of bubble basketball. Like the bubble basketball to oh, us was yeah, like yeah. like uh, the epitome of the past couple of years, in my opinion. Like games at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Like it was just yes. like awesome. But the, uh, we had just, the basketball Batiste, as a whole has been a great. 
the Matisse Teibel uh, uh, vlog about the bubble was just the greatest thing too. Is to, mm-hmm. just to see the sort of day to day of all that stuff. I will say that like, I think that bubble playoff should have an asterisk next to it. But yes, it I'm, be, yeah. I'm a real I'm a real hater. I think that I think the Toronto Raptors one should have an asterisk next to it too. Um, who did they beat? Who did you beat? Draymond? I just hate Draymond I hate Kyle Lowry anyway, so there's just that too. But yeah, we'll just think, that's I, that's for another day. Yeah, that's that's Kyle Star's hot take. So it's in the next. <laughs> so trade, grab trade, your books. Big yeah, week, first bad. week of May is a big week for Kyle Starks. Everybody, if you're a Kyle Starks fan, you're the Kyle Starks on social media everything, on all of it. Basically, yeah, basically uh, everything. Lucky guy. Except here. for Patreon. Patreon, I'm just Kyle Starks. Not just Kyle Starks. You're Kyle Starks. <laughs> Yes, yes. Because that would have been exactly. a great name, actually. It's just like, it's just Kyle Stark, sorry. I feel like maybe sorry, I should have done that instead of the Kyle Stark. I'm like, it's not the Kyle Starks, it's the Kyle Starks. There's many of them. I'm just saying I'm one of them. You're one the of the Kyle, Kyle Starks, Stark. yes. yes. So Patreon, and then you're going to be at shows look for, for Kyle, different shows and things like that. Uh, but make sure, I mean, everybody, buy the combo. I don't care where you buy it. I'm a big LCS fan, fan. But if you buy it on online or whatever, and you buy the trades, it still supports Kyle in a way. So like, it shows the publishers that you like his books. That's what we like. Yes, show the publishers. Buy it at your stores. Buy it. Don't buy it from me. I mean, if you see me in person, but yeah, don't wait. Bring me a signed copy. Bring me a copy to sign. That's better. But I always love it. Someone's like, "Oh my god, I bought it on Amazon." I'm like, "Yes, I understand. You don't want to support this mega company, but like, it still supports you in the same way. It shows Dark Horse that where Monsters Lie trade was, (laughs) it was sold. Was like, wait, someone bought it. It doesn't matter where they bought it. Just they bought it. For the most part, yeah, yeah, for the most part, for sure. Yeah, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on episode number one hundred. The Century Man. Who knew? I didn't know. I'm so excited about it. I'm so important. I'm so meaningful. I know. That's why I had a good person. Congratulations on one hundred. Thank you. We're very, very excited. Yeah, and we're impressive. keep on going. We're going to, we're going to keep chugging away. Uh, I got to get David back on here. David's been on here twice. We'll get him back on here again. Yeah, get me back on stuff. here. Get me see? back on. Yeah. Great. yeah. We got, we got new stuff coming up. We got Peacemaker. You got other stuff coming up too. We'll get you back on at some point, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and, and, and chatting. Uh, best of luck to the release of Peacemaker. I'm excited for it Thank now you. too. And all that stuff too. And, and wrapping up where monsters lie and, and I hate this place because they're great. So keep it up. We love awesome. it. Thanks man. Thank you. Thank you.